back with another episode of the Sunday Night Rundown. We are 16 hours away, boys and girls, 16 hours away from the Jolly Jokers Mint starting. Man, super pumped. Feel like it's been, man, I don't know. Just feel like it's been a while and I'm just happy that we're here. Justin, DJ, how you guys doing tonight? Good, Ooh, good. Well, Touchdown I... for the birds right now. Love that. Miles Jolly Sanders Jokers or Mint? another? Oh, another. Yeah, AJ, AJ Brown. TJ is going to be quite distracted today, watching his birds, typing on this computer. He's doing all the things. So <laughs> we're going to see what kind of attention span we have from the top right-hand corner of your screen this evening. But Justin, how's your uh, how's your day of football? Give us uh, give us one good thing that happened today. Ah, uh, just DFS, just cash lineups went really well today. Uh, you know, just. Go get, add another Honda Civic to the garage. Um, overall, uh, a strong day. Jamar Chase um, played a pivotal role. Nice to see him finally have that kind of breakout that we know he's always had. Um, curious to see what uh, what his you know, ownership was in Rumble and how many kind of people stuck with him because we know, uh, you know, he, he's had a couple down weeks and you haven't had the, the Jamar Chase from an actual output that we've had from last season. Uh, but the underlying metrics have been pretty similar other than his uh, average other targets been a little lighter. Um, but like, you know, he's got the speed, he's got the talent, he can break away. And that's what happened in that 50 yard touchdown to, at, the, at the end of the game. Yeah. I think a lot of people have been waiting on that Cincinnati offense. I didn't actually get to see too much of the, uh, the Cincinnati game, but I believe when I was scrolling around earlier, I don't have it up in front of me, but I believe he was somewhere in that 15 percent range so a good number of people not not as much as uh the likes of probably like a stefan Diggs or josh allen or some of the other chalk but definitely someone who was 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 rostered for sure um but if you had the right combination of uh, of chase in there with some of the other chalk that that did hit it was a certainly strong place tj what about you low scoring pretty low scoring day overall too i would say i feel like in general there wasn't i mean like not many people cracked 30 points and you know it, it was just a little little bit of a lighter lower scoring day overall that the chiefs bills game got there eventually but definitely was not quite as uh, off to a fiery start as as we were expecting a couple couple picks from both allen and mahomes but uh yeah another another fun day of football solid solid dfs cash games as well looking at the rumble right now got a Dog father currently in the lead with 197 points. Looks like there's not a ton of people behind that are that are chasing. I can actually like share my screen. We can check out where we're at with the the week six rumble, and then we could probably also talk a little bit of boom as well, Justin. But yeah, so we've got Dog Father in first place here. Josh Allen, Leonard Fournette, 
CMC. CMC was getting a ton. You put any stock into that, Justin? That they had the obviously had the coaching change. Well, we had two two crazy things. We had the coach. The coaching change happened. Seemed like they were very intentionally feeding CMC the ball, and then Robbie Anderson had a little mini Antonio Brown situation where he got kicked out. He kept the shirt on, which is is good, but he did uh, get removed from the game in the middle of it. So I don't. I haven't heard exactly what went down there, but not something that you see every every Sunday. So that was a weird one. It didn't. And uh, yeah, I mean, David Akers, I mean, David Akers, Cam Akers um, may Akers. not play oh, another snap. In the past. Yeah. Uh, Cam Akers may not uh, play another snap for the Rams either. Uh, and this kind of trickled out with news earlier this morning too. So it was interesting to see on the other side of the ball of Carolina what was going on there. Then with the Carolina side, the Robbie Anderson, uh, we're currently on Robbie Anderson retirement watch. Uh, I don't think it would be shocking if he ends up deciding just like hang up the cleats is just a, uh, I mean, he's, let's see, how old is Robbie right now? I know he's uh, changed his name a couple times. That adds a few years. He's 29. He's stuck in Carolina. If you look at his contract, I think he's at a two-year deal that would make him a free agent after this year. Um, let's see, man. I'm pretty yeah, sure Robbie Anderson's one of my highest exposures in best ball too. I know, uh, I know the ETR rankings were, were pretty, pretty high, high on him and I was, I was pretty, uh, following those closely. So that'd be a tough, tough loss for me. Yeah. But I mean, I think with the CMC thing, um, I wouldn't say it's that much different than what we've seen the couple weeks before, uh, even though he's not getting the touchdowns just because the team is not getting the touchdowns and they're still running so few plays. I think they're still slowest in the league. The amount of like volume he's getting is tremendous. I think last week or two weeks ago, he still had like 10 targets, 10 receptions. Uh, he is the clear alpha on that team. And yeah, it makes sense. You bring in PJ Walker, PJ Walker is going to use him as a security blanket, use him for low risk kind of passing plays, allow him to get into space. Uh, the challenge is, is, I mean, yeah, he's going to rack up the stacks and the, the stats and stuff, but if that team's not able to score points and, uh, it's, it's a bad, bad team. Yeah. I think, uh, Justin, you were tweeting about this earlier in the week. A lot of people started to hypothesize that CMC could get moved to a contender. I got to imagine that it's a challenge. I mean, he's been playing so, so, so well at the top of fantasy outputs for, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but at least like three years, maybe four years, it seems like. And man, to play that well, to be that involved, to stay, quote unquote, relatively healthy and not have anything major happen at, at the running back position just seems insane to have absolutely no chance to win or even see the playoffs. So it, it, I, I would be interested to see uh, if, if there is a move where CMC goes to a team that, that is in, in contention. Yeah, it's interesting because in the NFL, there's always so few trades. And I think there's two core reasons for that. One is the way that kind of football systems run from an offensive standpoint. It's far more of a scheme. It takes time to kind of get that familiarity, that connection with your quarterback, learn the playbook compared to basketball. You can kind of just plug and play. Uh, so I think that's one reason we don't often see too many. Uh, and the second is, is the salary cap situations and contracts are just so much more complex and harder to kind of work in. That said, there's, you know, Christian McCaffrey has an actual trade friendly contract because of two reasons. One, uh, the cap hit actually isn't that much this year. It's only just under 9 million next year. And for the three, the three years future, it's a cap hit of 19 million. So that's where a lot of the money comes, but there is a potential out where you could get out without having substantial dead cap after this year. So 
I don't think it's actually unrealistic if they end up deciding to trade him and the other team is able to take that on because yes, like Christian McCaffrey is an absolute weapon and you want to re-sign him for like, you know, next couple of years. But Christian McCaffrey also is an aging running back. He's I think 20, he's going to be 27 next year. So like, yeah, you're still happy at 27, uh, but not many teams want to take on a $20 million per year for the next three years, 27 year old running back. Um, especially the teams that would be trading for him are the ones that are in contention right now. And turns out the teams that are in contention now are usually the smarter teams. Uh, like we've, you know, connected, talked about the bills having a potential option there. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I um, would love to see a Christian McCaffrey for James Cook and probably throw in another second, third rounder or so um, kind of trade. I think just from an excitement standpoint, it'd be great. I'm like, hey, then the, Bear, the Panthers get a younger um, CMC Cook style. Um, Man, Bill's Mafia would go absolutely berserk if something like that were to happen. That's for sure. I mean, just such a weapon to be used in, in an offense where you have a guy ahead of you, like you said, where you give them a little bit of time to get adjusted to the playbook, learn the scheme, get some relationship with, with Josh Allen. And man, they would be they would be primed to make a, a deep run for sure. I feel like Buffalo is already the favorite. If they add a guy like that, they, they got to be head and shoulders uh, above the above the next uh, the next best team. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. If you go through, like, the most recent Super Bowl winners, you haven't had, like, a high paid or a stud running back on any of those teams. Um, I mean, like, if we want to go through them, last year, Rams, what was that, Sony, Michelle, and uh, Henderson? Uh, year before that was Bucks. Um, I think that was with Lenny. Then you had Kansas City before that, um, Damian Williams. Before that, it was the Ram. It was the Patriots, and there was nothing there. Was that maybe Sony Michelle's rookie year? That, that was like Michelle Burkhead and uh, somebody else yeah. there with the three head. James White, James White, three headed, James three-headed White, monster. Yeah. James, yeah, he had the big game. James White had the big game. Uh, yeah. Eagles before that. Did you? Who'd you guys have then? Um, who Who did we have? It was definitely some sort of committee. Definitely some sort of like multiple yeah. guys rotating in and out. Yeah. Uh, oh, Legarrette Blunt. Oh my God! Yes, we did have Legarrette Blunt. That's amazing. <laughs> Legarrette Blunt led the Patriots in rushing. Uh, oh wait, no. Okay. Oh, Jay Ajayi too. Or was that? Yeah. Was that yeah. God, that was. Yeah. I think that was Ajayi. Yeah. I mean, it definitely goes to show. Like, I mean, we, we we always talk about it from a fantasy standpoint, but from like a real life standpoint too, it's just like the most you know replaceable type of position, and you see a lot of teams from a real football standpoint that are using that committee and that's been kind of the successful way when it comes to actually winning football games from a fantasy standpoint we love when it's one guy getting all the touches and doing all the work but uh plus you get beat up like it's hard for someone to go the entire season and play 80 plus percent of snaps and be out there and taking hits so yeah it's, it's not surprising to see but it's uh definitely seems like a trend in a thrower's league Definitely comes down to the quarterbacks and and defense, of course. I was going to ask, like, who is the best team that has, like, a legit bell cow running back right now? Record-wise, it's the Giants. Giants. Yeah, the Giants. I mean, what are they? Are they 5-1? NFC Um, East? Like, NFC East went from being the division that everyone was thinking was going to be the worst division to, I mean, arguably the best division – in football now, at least in terms of records. 
and you know, I guess you have the commanders weighing us down, but Giants, Eagles, yeah. and Cowboys are yeah, you know, looking throw good. Dak back in, and I think like yeah, um, I don't know. One... Coop thinks that Cooper Rush should still uh, still hold his starting job, right, Coop? I said he should hold a starting job until they lose. I was very clear. I mean, yeah, I just see like no reason to lose tonight. So that's good. I mean, it looks like they are going to lose tonight. So my, my argument will be dead. But yeah, I mean, if, some, if somehow week. Cooper Rush beats the Eagles tonight and all of a sudden, you know, Dak is ready in a week or two, like I, I see no point in kind of rushing him back in. Clearly, he will be ready. Clearly, he will come back in. Clearly, Rush would lose. But like, I don't know. I think there's something about football and the way in which you're able to motivate. 30 men, real grown ass men ranging from 20 years old to 35 years old and being able to win is some, there's something special there sometimes. Cool. There's eight minutes left in the half. I want you to guess what Cooper Rush's stat line is. I, I mean, again, my point is simply that stats do not equate to wins all a lot of the time. Neither like, does you can win football games and yards. not win. I mean, look at Tom Brady's stats today against my Steelers. They were atrocious. So did he throw my point for more than any... 16 yards? Of course he did. I think they've run like six plays, man. Like they haven't run that many plays. Let's see where he ends up. And uh, frankly, he's a game he, manager. So he's two it, he's two for seven for 16 yards in the interception. And then the rushing is six for 19. I think this is becoming a pretty valid question. Are the Jets good? Like the Jets are definitely not at least awful, it seems like. And they were they were Fire, what, what's their, I don't know what their record's at. Four and two. Gee, and they two, beat yeah. the Dolphins, but that was without Tua. They've been one at Pittsburgh, uh, which means they're better than the Bucks. So, like, you know. Uh, <laughs> Ipso um, facto. Transitive property. I don't know. I, th- I think, like, I get the question. I think it's more telling that, and I said this earlier this offseason, the Packers just aren't good. Like, mm-hmm. this Packers team is not good. Um what Devonte was able to do for the offense and for Rogers, um, just no one's able to get there right now. And the defense is nowhere near as good of a defense as it was last year. Um, so I think that's the, that, that, that was the bigger telling point to me with that game today. Um, but also, Hey, get, revisit it in three, four weeks. We're going to know a lot more jets are about to go at Denver home Patriots, home bills at Patriots. Um, That'll be a difficult stretch. I mean, isn't the question more or less who's good? <laughs> like we know the Chiefs are good. We know the Bills are good. After that, do we really know if anybody else is quote unquote good? I mean, the Eagles look really good. The Giants are five and one. Like I think, I, three. I, I, I think you named the three. Yeah. I, I'm not going to, I don't want to include the Giants. I don't want to include the Vikings, but yeah. uh, B- Bills, Chiefs and Eagles seem to be the class. Um, then there's a decent amount of solid teams after that. Yeah, I think the playoffs are going to be like fun to see who just gets there, number one. And then, as always, the NFL, any given Sunday, like it's going to be very fun to watch the, the early rounds of the playoffs, for sure, in my opinion. I was definitely surprised to see the Giants beat the Ravens today. I thought for sure the Ravens would have taken care of business there. And the Ravens have lost, I think, their three games by less than I mean, single-digit points. I, I don't think they've lost the game. I think that today they lost by the most they've lost. I think they lost by They one. lost by 4-3-4. Four, yeah. yeah. One was Great. the shootout. It was the Dolphins gave 42-38. Then they lost by a field goal to the Bills, and then again four today. Crazy. It, re- it really does yeah. feel like it's like the most parity that we've seen in the league in a while, just in terms of – and, like, it's funny because it, it fe- at least feels this way. It doesn't feel like it's like, oh, because everyone's so good. It feels like because everyone's just like, 
quite average. But uh, and I wonder if it has anything to do with kind of the quarterback shuffle that we saw in the offseason, because I think that was the, the first time where we had quite a few quarterbacks changing teams. And maybe that's something that we'll see more frequently in the league going forward. We talked about how there's not a lot of trades that that tend to happen. And there's also typically I, I mean, I guess it's just like it's pe- teams are willing to give up on quarterbacks quicker now, I feel like. The day, like we just had such a long stretch where you know you had the the Brady's and the Rogers and the Mannings, where it's just like these teams were having the same quarterback for 10, 15 years, and those kind of guys are just hard to come by, is really what it comes down to. Yeah, I think I'll take a slight pivot on that. I think teams are more teams are less willing, don't not not the Steelers, sorry, Coop. Teams are less willing to take that eight and eight, nine and seven, or now nine and eight um, style, you know, situation where it's just like squeak into the playoffs or have a winning season with a meh quarterback they know they can't win it with. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the perfect example where San Francisco literally made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they decided like, hey, it's more important for us to play for the upside with Trey Lance. And I think some of these other bad teams have kind of realized that as well. And so they're saying, Hey, we're just going to bring in a veteran for a year and just like kind of shit the bed uh, a la Washington and bringing in Carson Wentz or something. Um, or it's like, Hey, maybe you can get a stop tap with Matt Ryan for a year or something. Um, otherwise you've got to go for these young guys and just kind of play for that upside because you're not beating the Josh Allen's, the Patrick Mahomes, the Justin Herberts, these young, very, very talented quarterback and what they can do with their offense with a meh QB. Like the defense, the defense isn't winning games like it used to 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's like such an interesting in in the league um and you know i think you could you could equate it back to what you said tj with um the mannings and the brady's and roethlisberger and the guys who've been there i mean mahomes is the new manning and allen is the new roethlisberger like these are the guys that are going to continue to be there it seems like and so when you do have that man quarterback maybe there's one year you know the trenton dill for a year when the when the ravens defense is just so good that they they get there and they make it happen and the 49ers seemingly had that approach the year that they made it um but man it takes someone and something on the other side of the football stunning to be able to stop a a josh a josh allen and a patrick mahomes the way the game is played officiated and the way the offense is just featured nowadays it's just really hard to stop guys that are that good says the guy who wants to just right right into the gut (laughs) two picks yes two picks now and two completions So he is now three for eight, 16 yards, two interceptions. Darius Slay literally just underneath the route. So simply here, this is just really This this is where my TV being like 30 seconds behind. There it is. (laughs) I I don't even have the TV. I'm just box score watching right now. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, that was too easy. Wow. I mean, Philly. But yeah, it, it's going to be fun to see if there is a. De- I mean, I don't. I don't think you know, from what I've seen, and I, by, by, no means, kind of no, by no means an expert. I don't think that defense is out there to to stop Mahomes or, or Allen uh, or Herbert even you know this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how to combat some of that. Like if you can make it and squeak into the playoffs with a just above average quarterback, and then you know lean on the other side of the ball to win games. So we'll see. You're going to be able to lean on kicking though. It seems like there's more. 55 to 60 yard field goals in the NFL these days than ever before. So if you're got a 
a kicker that can that can bury three points from from deep. I feel like that's such a weapon. So especially come playoff time. The Chiefs turning around and getting that three points in like 12 seconds before the half was insane. Yeah. Yeah. He did what he booted a six, uh, 62 yarder, I think it was. Yeah. Crazy. When T Hubs and I were at the fantasy football expo, we uh got to spend some time down in the field and I was kicking some field goals. How, uh, how far a field goal you think I can go? 30 yards. No, you know, no blockers. Obviously my trajectory, like I probably couldn't, you know, but I was, I was drilling some 35 yarders. It was pretty fun. Wow. I can't even like imagine. It was like 25 was consistent, like at a 75% success. 35, I think was like one out of four or something, but yeah. It, it, 30 is the one where it's like okay that's yeah you know what i can see it in another life you're you're a you're an nfl kicker i can i can see it you know you're you're an nfl kicker that's also like an analytical locker room guy and you're like talking <laughs> sense into the boys you're you're going out and making the kicks there's I mean, a, yeah I, I can see it you just pick one like that's why like the long snapper if you want your kid to get a college scholarship play like football just learn the long snapping learn that spin it's you just got one job. The niche position approach. <laughs> Nothing like leveraging the Herzig bot brain to figure out the niche position that you can get a scholarship to college for doing. Oh, n- nowadays, it's not football. You got to, <laughs> you, you optimize for like the sp- pickleball. No, you optimize for the sports that are growing, that are in high demand at like the Ivy leagues. Um, and then the Ivy leagues, you're not going to get a scholarship, but you at least get preferential treatment and that sets them up well. And, uh, yeah. The roadmap right there. We're going to need to get like one of those Joey Ingram things where it comes on the screen. Every time Justin references pickleball, going to need a counter here. Sunday night rundown. We do. Yeah. We need like a pickleball counter. drop where we just play like a little five second pickleball video. Whenever Justin says it, just Brady, Brady and LeBron just going at it with like playing pong, but pickleball. Did you see, did you happen to see the golf, the uh, Jordan Spieth and uh, Scotty Scheffler? Isner was playing with them against pickleball. Do you happen to see that? I saw Isner playing with another Twin Tower mammoth uh, partner. Uh, I can't think of who the name was, but another tennis player. Yeah, Isner was playing with those guys, and he was – it was funny that he was asking him them, you know, when are you more nervous, playing pickleball right now on, you know, national TV or standing over a putt to win the Masters? And uh, they were giving Scotty shit because it took him four putts to, to, to win the masters on 18 because he had so much uh so much uh so many shots ahead of the crew so that was, i thought that was pretty funny yeah he's just gotta say like this isn't like a giving shit thing this is uh i was able to putt that many times and still win because of how good i am true that yeah tucker finally missed not he didn't just miss he dinked on the post on a, a pretty long one too but he is human yeah, that was a, a he had made like it'd been a while, right? Like, yeah, that guy's good. Uh oh, we got pickle, we got we got pickleball fans in the chat. I believe Strictly is a Flor- Florida guy too. It must be something down there, not Florida water. Every everyone's got the the pickleball buzz down there. Wow, picked it up four years ago. That's like an OG. Ah. Uh, oh. like, yeah, you, you probably have like collectibles just from using them that are like probably going in the pickleball like world museum. Probably visiting pops in Florida. It's probably in uh probably at uh what's it called? 
The villages. I'm sure he was at the villages. Um, are you guys familiar with what the villages is? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My like, aunt uncle. There's a documentary on it too. And my aunt uncle are down in the villages, so my parents like once or twice a year go visit them, and they like absolutely love it. I mean, it's it seems like it's basically just like college for old people. Now, and my when my parents go, they're like the youngest people there, so they like. Yep. I think that I think that makes them feel cool because they're like they're like the, the the most spry of everyone in the group. But I mean. Yeah, you just like play golf and I guess pick a ball and then there's bars and I, I've never been, but it, I, I'll be there in a, you know, count on me in 40 years. I'll, I'll be hanging out there for sure. It sounds like the dream. Yeah. Um, single. Everyone just drives doesn't... golf carts around like everywhere, right? Like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like only method of transportation. And uh, yeah, so like anyone who's around here, like they have friends that live there for us, like an hour and a half, two hour drive. So my parents will go a little visit. There's live music outside. There's all the sports. There's all the card games. There's like literally yeah, college, college for old people is a great way to describe it. Oh, uh, you want your water aerobics? You get your water aerobics. You get great place to well, go uh, make a couple pennies playing poker, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's some good games, good juice. Well, like literally pennies. I'm sure it's pennies. <laughs> For some reason, that makes Grandma's me think just of the, sitting there passing the, the golf, pennies back the and golf forth. pro game, the golf pro game from Rounders. For some reason, that's what makes you think of. You're just like sitting at a like they're just going around. They're sitting at a random table, cash, cash on the table. Oh, pennies I'm, and quarters. I'm just thinking Rounders. If Rounders yeah. is in Florida, they would make a stop at the Villages. No question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's head down to the Villages game. Clean that we up. No, we can't make it back there. Everyone we knew is already dead. <laughs> oh, great movie! Great movie. Let's see what uh what what, what the all day playbook look like today, Coop. Yeah, I, uh, I was just you were grinding on that a bit. I know. I was just gonna bring up here. Let me share my screen here. Still working the uh, multiple monitors here, and we switched over to. The flash the, from the flash challenge over into the challenges page. Yeah, I, I think it was interesting. A couple last minute plays saved some bottlenecks. I, I still think the sentiment on this playbook for this year, this week is that it's pretty expensive. So it looks like uh, for the Sunday slate challenge, it is 304 low ask, seven moments. Um, and I know the couple, couple of the ones that uh, snuck in ultimately helped, uh, but a lot of people were talking about um first the dalvin cook um so dalvin cook uh, is it's a rare so circulation count 11.99 will last 225 up 33 percent. so that's going to be the one that everyone needs to to have if in order to to complete it uh so a lot of people i think we're we're, we're passing on playbook um but i i honestly think that that's okay um i think it's one of those things where it, it is just the choice that collectors <clears throat> need to make on a regular basis and be comfortable saying okay, I'm going to let this week slide by unless you really want to buy into um, each one of the, the bottlenecks that ultimately can pop up. I think we almost had a Jets bottleneck, I believe, in one of the challenges where they only have a legendary, had a legendary team moment. So, I mean, these things are inevitably, inevitably going to happen. I think it was the margin of victory. Uh, the Jets were initially in there, and then I think the Patriots had, had popped in. So, um, interesting. I think it's fun to watch and, and follow this follow along. But frankly, I think try, trying to angle your collection to not needing to buy to participate is where 
I've heard a lot of the chatter go to, um, but it is one of those things that everyone, you know, you get FOMO and you get the idea that you want to complete them um, and you're buying into it. And I think thus far we've seen, if you are buying into it in the short term, you may have experienced a dip. Um, but again, I think this goes back to the standard gamification on the platform versus long-term collectability. I would say if you're happy to collect a moment, that's part of, you know, one of the playbook uh, yardages and one of the challenges that are needed and you're happy to keep it and collect it for a little bit of time, then fantastic. If you're looking to, you know, hopefully break even or looking immediately at the financial ramifications of competing in playbook, I, I, I think it's very clear that people have, uh, have lost some money uh, in doing so. Um, but you're playing that game of, gambling to a certain extent on the packs and trying to get up to a rare or legendary with the five-star packs. I personally have been you know, just completing what I can most of the time getting in that 30 or 40 yard range. I have burnt twice now. So uh, yeah, just kind of playing along and, and having a good time, honestly, watching the results and um, you know, everybody early in top shot wanted the results on the court to matter. And I think all day, they have came up with an opportunity or a way in which the on-field results do matter. Uh, now that said, you know, I think a lot of people want their portfolios to go up when they have the collection that they, or they have the moment that they need. And it isn't always the case, um, but it's a market of buyers and sellers. And when you have more people that are selling off than are buying, you're going to see dips in prices. I think it's kind of that simple from an economic standpoint. You're on mute, Justin. You're still Justin. on mute, Justin. You're on mute. <laughs> I knew we were going to go into a monologue there. I know Coop has some great knowledge to drop. So I was like, I'm going to mute so there's no background. But uh, <laughs> not Coop. What uh, what do you think of the Noah's AMA, the economist that he put on um, last so night? I, I thought it was good. Frankly, I don't think that there's anybody that's going to come up and talk for an hour and going to answer every single person. I think there was like, I don't know, 600 people or something like that that were sitting in there live and more people that were listening to it afterwards. So very clearly, I thought sharp by all day to bring out Novo, someone who's been thinking about the platform. But I don't think that there's going to be this magical human that has every answer that satisfies every person's um every person's you know questions comments thoughts concerns generally my commentary has been that there needs to be more people on the platform before we're experiencing a ton of you know upward momentum from a market standpoint and until there's more people collecting buying trading participating in playbook um you know right now it's very simply that we have more sellers of moments than we do buyers and therefore we're seeing short-term dips in prices um and it's a risk on asset i guess to me i've always tried to play within the means that i possibly can play with um not get too overextended because there's going to be ups and downs and we got to enjoy the product a little bit that's my biggest thing here is trying to truly think about the way i'm taking in and consuming sports and how all day and nfts utility has changed that you know i was said this on a podcast earlier this week i never watched an nfl game wondering if a play was over 50 yards until last week i thought that was really cool there were some 38 or 39 yard plays or 40 yard plays that i was like man was that 50 yards what happened there and just trying to track those in real time and getting a sense of how many that that actually happened in a given Sunday, I thought that was pretty cool. Changed the way in which you know I watched the games personally. 
Yeah. I mean, I think you touched on a lot of the same talking points that we've talked about where like any kind of play to earn, like needs to be fun first uh, play and earn uh, is far more important. And it really, that's what playbook kind of is, is play and earn. Um, I think the earn aspect cannot hurt the people who are deciding not to play. If you're really trying to make this a collectible platform and it is clear that they really do want to make this a collectible platform first. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he talked about how playbooks, um modus operandi playbooks like main function is really as a way to bring on new users um which i i mean in its current form i'm not sure if it does that well because i think in the current form it's very uh just you've got to be fully in you've got to be paying attention you got to be grinding a bit i think the pickums uh which they mentioned uh are a good way to kind of bring in more casual users where it's, hey, it's a low effort, but high engagement aspect. So I think that's good. Uh, and, you know, there's no question they're still going to continue to kind of um, work on things, play with things, pivot around things to figure out. But it makes sense that, hey, if the goal or intention for a thing like Playbook is a way to attract and engage new users, okay, start building that around it. Um, and as I mentioned, like the whole play to earn or play and earn thing, you need to make sure that people who are deciding not to play are not being hurt by the earning of others through gamification, by rewarding of moments or rewarding of assets that end up depreciating the rest of your portfolio. Um, so I think that's you know a, a, a challenge that they're still working to overcome. Um, I do. I felt like his wording, uh, his words, or a lot of the things he talked about really kind of gave me a refresher or a reminder. I mean, like if you really believe that these are collectibles and you know, I do, and I do think like there is long-term value from a collectible standpoint with this space, um, like then these should be fantastic deals given the amount of people that are on the platform having everything right now. Uh, I still think there is the age old just question of, Yes, I buy now because I believe that in five, 10 years, this truly will be a collectible and have substantial value. Um, but if I wait a month, can I buy twice as much or can I buy a little more because the prices are lower than? And I mean, that, that, that's always going to be hard to overcome if, you're, if your customer base is remaining stagnant or decreasing. Uh, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, we have seen that the engagement uh, has not been increasing since week one of the NFL season. Um, and so, you know, they, they mentioned time and time again that the number one thing, the most important thing is that we continue to grow um, and kind of grow in product, grow in new users, grow in all of that, which I think is good and the right kind of North Star. Um, but it's also important to, you know, hey, figure out how you get to that space. Yeah, I think it's just a... <laughs> Difficult challenge in the short term when it comes down to it. I personally thought the AMA was was good. I mean, I think my my main takeaways were that the the NFL All Day team is definitely listening. They're definitely open to feedback. They're definitely willing to adapt quickly. And you know, I think I think that's really all all we can ask and hope for at at this point. I. Uh, I want to give it, I think they said they're going to post it to their YouTube channel tomorrow. So I'm planning to watch it a second time. Um, just to like, I, I wanted to just listen to it the first time. I want to watch it a second time, make some, some more notes and give some kind of more, more refined thoughts on all of it. But 
I mean, my other takeaway is people in Discord are are brutal, man. Like it was it was rough. Like everyone's just in the NFL all day. This general Discord just like complaining and whining, and you know it's quite toxic in there. And I know we, yeah, I just I don't love that part of it. That was that was a little rough. And I mean, I, I thought you know I thought Noah did a great job. I thought he was very well spoken and articulate and. Sounds exactly like Dave Feldman as well. I will definitely say that. <laughs> AJ was even saying that in the Discord too. Like Noah is Dave. Dave is Noah. But I thought that was a funny aspect of it. But no. Are you overall, saying by voice or by yes, words? Both. Because both. I almost heard Jacob. I was hearing a little Jacob in yeah, the back of Jacob. my mind when listening to Noah as well. I, I heard I heard 100% Feldman. Like the way that he talks, the way that he agree, would like cadence wise with – the way he would pause or say this it was it was funny and maybe they just all kind of and because aj was saying like i because a lot of people were saying that and aj was like i haven't thought that at all but i also talked aj was tagging there's only it turns out there's only one economist slash gm and they're the same person and they go by i know when i was drunk back in college i'd go by steven so uh we just got one when Dave wants to become an economist, he goes by Noah. It sounds more sophisticated than Dave. I uh, I, I saw AJ tagging Dave, saying, "Dave, you need to respond to the Discord right now to know so so, so that people know that it's not Noah's not you." And it was funny. Uh, shout out LG, and of course the real field D is on this case. Everybody, he is gonna uncover if Noah and Dave are in fact the the same person I believe there's a lot of theories out there but I, I'm sure that we got the guys over at first men are gonna get to the bottom guys guys have we ever seen them in the same room we haven't we haven't seen them in the same room there's a zamboni behind me don't worry like I'm going full fill but uh like we haven't seen the, I'm, I'm not saying it I'm not saying it but like someone in discord told me they sent me a rumor it's rumor rumor but we've never seen them in the same room. You guys, I'm just, I'm, I'm spreading the word. You guys tell me what's up. Shout out to Phil, man. I love that guy. He cracks me up, but uh, I don't think anybody besides Phil can go full Phil as, as much as you, <laughs> as, as good as you pulled off many of impersonations before Justin's. I don't think anybody can pull off the full Phil. Uh, shout, shout out to first man guys. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. I, I think the other thing, my, my, my one other takeaway, and I think TJ, you said, said it, well on the discord commentary it's simply that everybody has a different need or want and you know the people that have been collecting for a while that have rares and legendaries that have taken you know a, a downward turn want playbook to be geared towards rares and legendaries and like justin said the playbook initially was to get people new on the platform but it can be pretty overwhelming when you start to look at okay i need to make pickums and do i need to own moments or not own moments and Oh, for this one game, I need to own the moments. And yeah, it's just, there's, there's definitely a lot to unpack for sure. Um, and I think there's some educational elements of being on camera on a regular basis that could help. Um, but that's something we're going to have to just sort of slowly continue to roll out the broader sort of mainstream sentiment around NFTs. Anybody that's in NFTs knows is not the, not the best. Um, and it's going to have to take, some broad changes in the mainstream to really start to bring in brand new collectors. You know, I don't think we can do as many Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and I don't know, name your star commercial that you want. I'm not sure that that's really bringing in the, the user. Um, it's going to take some different angles and different approaches um, to bring it to light. 
And I know, you know, MBL, good, good friend. I, I see him commenting on some of LG stuff, both from a top shot and a, and a general NFT standpoint and thinking about gamification. I still believe you have to give the people something to do on the platform. If, if the sole thing is to just look at the moments, just truly be a sole collectible, I think it's really hard to capture attention in the current economy. I mean, we're just in such a period of time where attention spans are short it's hard to get to capture eyeballs there's so many different things out there i think you have to give people something interesting to do in order to capture their attention otherwise they will just like completely forget about it can we get a quick uh recap tj you watching the game no i missed it what happened uh i mean apparently in chat we got what a catch we got crazy it turns out noah brown made, made a ridiculous touchdown catch then oh. it looks like the play was reversed because Cooper rushed through oh, yeah. it. So, <laughs> yeah, twelve yard touchdown reversed. Let's go. I did not say I missed it. Now it's not commercial. Uh, but no, Coop. I, I think that all makes sense. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's challenging. It is. What, what's uh, your guys' thoughts on on on? Um, I think this is sorry. Tried to refresh and got the volume right in my ears here. Um, I I think there is this element too of people want to do the playbook potentially for rares and legendaries, and you know I think it's so easy to say, oh well, what you did here is now broken or lost its luster, and you know we should do something else, but not have like a solution to any of these challenges or problems i think it's interesting to play with something like the pick'em where you have to lock in your picks and you know that's obviously a very simple um quote-unquote version of the playbook but i think this like locking in sort of your lineup if you will sort of your selection if you know it's going to be most receptions most rushing yards and i get it you're going to be able to go look at odds or whatever but i think locking something in and trying to to get every single thing right could be an interesting angle to the playbook that they could roll out where if you did lock in using a rare, you could get a higher, you know, if it in your right, you could get a higher reward or, uh, uh, you know, something legendary is, you know, 10 thing, 10 picks in a row. That's correct. Stuff like that. I mean, generally speaking, you're talking about rare or legendary assets. It should be required that there's a rare or legendary performance by you, maybe even as a gamification, like as someone trying to gamify the, yeah. the, the platform. I think that could just be like something interesting. Like, to be doing. Yeah. I think within the top shot days, uh, anything predictive was shot down by the NBA. Um, I don't know if top shot straight out said this or told us this, but that's at least the tone and what we were inferring. And by the way that they would make challenges where it was more reactive um, and submitted afterwards rather than having to submit anything ahead of time. Um, and I think it does get close to a fantasy sports or a betting almost or a wagering. Um, so things they have to kind of maneuver. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I've been trying, you know, you know, 10 times a day have always thought for the past probably year, year and a half, I've always thought about like, what is the correct way to build out like a top shot or an NFL all day? Um, and, you know, there's no easy answer here, but I continue to go back to the, one of the early things of how can you gamify commons while making rares and legendaries collectibles? And uh, I, there's got to be a level of, 
both like understanding and education. There's got to be a level of distribution. Um, but like, it's just time and time again, you see someone got a rare moment and they earned it through a challenge. They got it from a pack and they go on Twitter and they're so excited. Look at what I got. This is awesome. I got this cereal for this moment. I'll sell it to you for $75. So you're not actually excited. You're just building hype because again, everything you've done is a way to profit. And unfortunately, the system has been set up and for whatever, you know, that it's do X, Y, Z, which costs money as a way to return other value so you can sell that and make value. Um, and so I think even the people who have like the best of intentions and really enjoy moments and stuff and want it as a collectible, um, there's just that, you know, overall larger macro impact of, well, prices go down because of the dilution, because of the way that it's structured, uh, that I better, you know, pay, sell while I can before. And even if you are going to reinvest. And there still is the heavy aspect around the reinvesting. And whenever you have a platform that is taking 5% in transaction fees and then taking X amount off the platform for, um, you know, pack drops and such, and the majority of people aren't putting new money on. I actually, I don't know how many are, but a lot of people are saying, I'm not going to put new money on. I'm just going to sell what I already have so I can buy new because I want to play the game. It's building a game that you either decide whether or not you enjoy playing or not, but it shouldn't be at the, hey, I'm trying to do it to make a profit. But in that, it almost then excludes the people who want to do this as a collectible aspect because I want to hold this for five, 10 years. Uh, and I think that's where that breakdown is always so difficult, where you can be profitable by playing the short game and doing the flipping and doing the playbook and doing the challenges and buying and selling and such. And that can be a fun game. But how do you also then allow for a long-term collectible ecosystem that if you're not playing these short-term games, theoretically are only dropping in price because of the other macro dynamics of money is being taken out of the platform by Dapper Labs. And unless you're finding ways to incentivize the existing people to bring on new money or new users, that long-term collectability is just, it's, it, it's a hope. And that's the, at the end of the day, in five, 10 years, these could be determined that, hey, they are just valuable and that's just what they are. And we knew or we didn't know back now and you've just got to have that confidence. But um, there's no, it, it's going to be difficult across that path the six months, the nine months, the year to be like, hey, yes, this was a good investment and I'm doing well on it. You kind of just got to wait for it to be like, yep, it happened. And now it's a collectible. Yeah, I think that's the coolest part, to be honest, is there are these short term changes in price. You can potentially exploit those changes in price, those ups and downs for being able to make some profits. There's probably going to be times when you lose. But at the end of the day, when you lose, you're likely either holding an asset that has a chance to go up if it does gain collectible value. I mean, I'm the first person that has said from the beginning that I don't think every single one of these moments will be a quote unquote collectible. And by that, I mean, won't be worth, won't be worth, you know, too much more than what you potentially bought them for. Um, and, and, or it won't be worth, you know, potentially, you know, anything that you have a buyer for, but there will be some moments and some things that, 
are on the platform that people truly just love, want to hold. And there's so many people out there in the world collecting who God knows what crazy things you would never think about. There could be a market for. And so to me, it's more or less just bringing in people, having some fun, trying to play within your means. Um, and frankly, I'll, I'll say this, just the, the thesis of mine is I think people are overextended in my opinion. I think there's a good number of people that are overextended. And therefore when you become overextended, it, it can cloud your judgment of trying to have fun and trying to kind of enjoy versus man, all I can look at is this price and I got crushed here. And, you know, I, I need to get some value back out of this in order to, you know, continue to play. And I just think that we're, we're likely in a, in a situation where people are, are a little bit overextended. Yeah. Always play within your means for sure. I mean, we, we've seen that across a variety of things. Definitely consents that that people are a little 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 anxious a little uptight and and that probably comes with when you are overextending yourself be beyond your means so definitely yeah i mean i think we have to think of this as as a a long game i mean you know you, you, like you see people making comments like how is this still an issue it's week six already like in my opinion it's only week six like six weeks is is nothing i mean that's like a that's like two development cycles in a, on a product team. So, you know, I think there's just definitely, in my opinion, a level setting of expectations across the board in terms of how long all of this is going to take. And I think, you know, I think especially the people that were around for top shot last February, March, like just really kind of skewed expectations of what, what could happen just because of that insane run up that wasn't sustainable isn't sustainable is never going to be sustainable and like that's just not going to happen again in a, in a short period of time at least so i think yeah we all just need to kind of you know accept that fact accept the game that we're playing and the rules of the game that we're playing and the current setup of the game that are playing where the bottom line is there's just not that many users yet and i think i know that there will be in the future but right now there's not that many users on these platforms and because of that, there's there's challenges in the short term. So, yeah, yeah. My, my, to be honest, go, Justin. I was going to say, I was gonna bring this back to the Jolly Joker's aspect. Like, that's honestly the thesis of when we, you know, designing and building out the Jolly Jokers is, hey, the people that are here right now, like we believe this is going to be one percent, five percent, ten percent of however many future Dapper Labs users there are going to be. And so we felt that, you know, like 5,000, 4,500 that are being you know, sold are is like the right amount for this ecosystem that, yeah, we feel like, hey, it's the right amount for the people that are here. But we also feel that then the ones who are buying them, that are holding them, are going to have that substantial value one year, two years, five years, whatever it is, if you agree that Dapper Labs is going to be successful. Yes. The other option is, is that Dapper Labs and Web3 and the NFTs disappears in two, three years. I don't believe that. But if that's something you believe, then like, yeah, that is, that needs to be baked into the calculation. I baked it into my calculation when I quit my job and went full time with OTM and things. And like, it is a real thing we need to consider. But if you are bullish on this space, if you are bullish on NFTs, if you're bullish on Dapper Labs, like then we believe that there are going to be, that this is going to hit a more mainstream adoption in the next one, two, three, five, whatever years. And so like, 
with the top shot moments, with the all day moments. Like, I mean, I see right here, um, Austin's just mentioned, like you got a $5 sauce gardener, like there's virtually no downside to buying $5 sauce gardeners, unless you believe, unless you're calculating for the risk of NFL all day, no longer existing. But like, otherwise that's such a low price point for a high drafted rookie moment that like, yeah, there's substantial upside there. And I think like that's kind of one of the things we've been thinking about for the Jolly Joe, because at the end of the day, if there actually are, you know what? I mean, we've seen that there's probably around 25 to 50,000 people. If you base off pack, if you pace off pack drops and queues and our website usage that are still like active and, you know, engaging in this space. Um, if that's only 1%, 5%, 10% of that future, like there's going to be so many more people that want a Jolly Joker, that want your top shot moments, that want your NFL all day. It's all about whether you have confidence in this larger space. And it's a macro bet. And I think that's where it makes sense. Like do a bit of diversification across the pop shot, across all day, across Jolly Jokers, across other NFTs, whatever it is, if you do have confidence in the macro. Now within that macro, I personally like, you know, feel, hey, maybe this type of generative art may or may not be popular. So I can decide whether or not I want to allocate more or allocate less to that space. But because that's a niche within this larger Web3 movement that I have belief in. So there's a way to say like, hey, I believe in this macro. I'm going to allocate this much of my investments, my funds. And then you can then go to an onion, peel an onion, peel a layer of the onion and say, okay, and specifically the sports IP, specifically the DAP labs where I feel most confident. And that's why I'm pushing this money here. That's the way that I at least kind of think about allocating money as a longer term play within this space. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And yeah, I think uh, I, I do want to, I, I love the way you said, I want to bring it back to Jolly Jokers. I, I want to bring it back to Jolly Jokers as well. The last thing I'll say, I think that we're still sorting out is um, Dapper, the, there's people out there that are like, you know, just yelling control supply, control supply, do a pack drop every four weeks for the NFL. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, Dapper has business goals that they're trying to accomplish. They have, league deals they have ip rights that they paid for they have you know they've basically like they're they have their valuation they have vcs they're answering to so there is an element of them needing to make money and sure they need to eventually think through the control of supply but it is definitely not going to be the number one thing that they think about and and honestly that's just you know business to business talking about them trying to succeed they have what they need to do um and frankly we need to see how they're going to get there. Um, we're making a bet that they do. Uh, we're making a bet that eventually there are tons of collectors on the platform, but it, it is going to take some time. But you know who can control supply? You know who can control elements of the supply that you know all a lot of collectors talk about on a regular basis is the Jolly Jokers. So shout out to Tiger Mentor. Uh, where'd it go? Uh, Mint for Jolly Jokers. And those on the pre-order starts tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, if you're on the pre-order list, you have 48 hours to mint, so you don't have to rush and be there at 1 o'clock. You'll have time to mint up until Wednesday at 1 p.m. Wednesday at 1 p.m., we will open for those individuals that are on the whitelist. Whitelist will have 24 hours, and then ultimately we will open up to the public mint on Thursday at 1 p.m., where Jolly Jokes can be bought by anybody. Um, really looking forward to next week and all of the things, really getting a ton of 
ton of things teed up from a discourse standpoint and competition standpoint and contests and so many other things that we have cooking and the time is now jolly times are here. And yeah, I think uh, you said it well about the 4,500, you know, 5,000 NFTs in total 4,500 that we're selling. I think we tried our best, our damnedest to match supply uh, with the business and the things that we're trying to run and trying to make sure that we can provide to people. Um, but yeah, now is the time and we're super excited about it. And a lot of different kind of forcing functions from a sales standpoint coming really really quickly after mint. The number one being the OTM premium site going to uh, behind a subscription paywall on November one. Um, so Jolly Jokers and anybody that has subscription will be the only people that have access to tools like the Flash Challenge terminal, like Chat Live Challenge information, uh, player data, any any set of information that we're bringing in for on court or on field data sitting next to NFT information. So just really excited about all the things. I know Neil is cooking up something really really cool. Um, for those people that have been following along the flash challenges, uh, cooking up some flexible elements kind of moving forward as a, as a new tool that we're going to be running out here pretty soon. So really hyped for all the things and yeah, we're just getting started building. It's just now time to make and do everything we can to make the business, to make it a sustainable business so that we can continue to deliver value to collectors. So yeah, 1 PM tomorrow, Tiger Mentor, I know you'll be there and, uh, we're looking forward to having everybody. Yep, yep. Jordan asked, will we get updates on how many have been sold? You'll be able to see that on, on the website. So you'll be able to see how many are available of the 5,000 supply. I believe that is Jordan me. of uh, been nominated to our Jolly Jokers basketball team, if we have or have one. Um, oh, yeah. I, I believe Jordan is a, a, a ringer. Um, you you okay. can see in the picture right there. Um, oh yeah, playing, uh, playing some is. basketball in Aussie land over in Sydney. Very cool, very cool. Love it. I uh, do. You boys have anything else we wanted to make sure that we covered? I don't know if there's any chat, any questions in the chat. Happy to happy to hang out, answer some questions. Justin TJ, I don't know if you guys had any other must hit on topics that we uh, that we wanted we wanted to get it out there. Let's talk a little boom um, because we're actually. <laughs> finding a ton of value right now for anyone that is in an eligible state um, and is able to kind of uh, is able to join. Uh, so high level here, boom is a, uh, an app that is on, you know, right now just for Apple, uh, but it is an iPhone based app that is kind of like pick'em style. So similar to what, you know, a lot of people probably with prize picks or underdog and such. Um, and what we've seen is just, you know, a lot of, companies in this space that are trying to bring on new customers, uh, acquire new customers. And in order to do that, are willing to kind of say, hey, like, let's do some promotions. And so one of those promotions is they partner with us uh, to first sponsor the Rumble contest and including a $1,000 parallel Rumble contest for this week that is still open to anyone through the end of games tomorrow night. And so there's no additional effort from like creating a Rumble roster all we're doing is taking the lineup you submitted for Rumble already. Um, and then we're going to see like, hey, did you actually sign up, deposit $10 and enter your first contest? And if you did, then you're automatically entered in this side parallel contest that's going to pay out 50 spots for $1,000 in total prizes. Uh, right now, um, so just be clear, yeah, there are some restrictions just around like what states you can and can't play in. It has to be an iPhone, but if you are able 
I believe we only have around 30 or so uh, that have entered right now. So literally anyone who enters is automatically, as of now, guaranteed a cash in the Rumble in the, in the parallel Rumble contest um, for you know, $1,000 in total prizes. And then we're also giving away Jolly Joker in the discords uh, for anyone that just kind of posts their prize pick, I mean, <laughs> post their picks um, in there. Um, similar, to what we, similar to what we've done in the past with TOC for prize pick stuff, but same idea where it's just, hey, Post your picks. Um, let, let's see them. I know we had a, a big parlay, a five uh, five straight pick hit earlier in the Discord. Uh, so lots of opportunities. I saw that. Yeah. That was that was That's fire. Good. What did they did twenty bucks I, into four hundred? Is that what I saw? Yeah, I saw twenty bucks into four hundred and ten bucks into and ten bucks into two hundred. So I saw a couple yeah. big hits there on uh, some some nice plays. I think everyone was very thankful for uh, which which run was. I believe that Dalvin Cook. Both of those lineups or both of those pickums had the the long uh, over on the Dalvin Cook yards, and he took. 150 plus yards or something to the house. So they're, they're hyped about that. I, yeah. I like the yeah. games. They're, they're, they're fun. And like, it's just like nice and simple, right? It's like, okay, pick the, you know, the, the players that you like or whatever. You don't have to worry about ownership and game theory and all this complex stuff that people like Justin are worrying about in the DFS streets streets. It's just you against you against the yourself picking the plays that you like. And you get that nice little multiplier payout. So uh, I think they're fun. I can't play any of the pick'em games in in my state in PA. That's like, it's like because we have the the real sports betting, we don't yeah. get, we can't do the boom, the prize picks, the underdogs, pick'em type stuff. But for people yeah, that do, we, I definitely check it out. Yeah, we got a ten into two hundred, and then uh, I think if I scroll up a little more. Ah. Let's see where was it or maybe it was in the otm channel i thought we had another big one as well the 20 into 400 but maybe i'm just missing it and i can't find it but yeah but nice nice yeah so lots of opportunity there so take advantage of it head to the discord check out the boom fantasy channels scroll to the top and you can see the instructions um there's an article on the otm site as well or honestly send me a dm uh and i'm happy uh, to, to help you out there. Um, yeah. Hey, strictly. Yep. I see strictly's comment there. Um, will jokers have any utility for TOC in the future? Uh, we are not, you know, we're, we're, they're being very, uh, very specific around only promising utility that we're delivering on that day. Uh, so we have a ton of things planned. Um, and yeah, I mean, like TOC is still a core part of our plans, both for this year and the future. Uh, but we're definitely not making any promises around like, hey, Jolly Jokers are going to get any specific utility. Uh, but I do think like there's a lot of cool things we can do with the Jolly Jokers around like, hey, having TOC gated contests similar to what we're going to have for Rumble and such, um, or maybe something best ball related. And, you know, hey, TOC is the beginning. You know, TOC last year was amazing and it's that first year. It's the beginning of what we're going to be doing a lot more for other sports and such. Really. The Jolly Jokers is representative of all of this. Hey, bringing Web three sports together in this community, um, we we have a ton of things planned. We have some things that are already signed, and we want to announce, and we're going to announce soon. Uh, really, lots of exciting things. So, but one thing for sure is that, and you know, we've learned just from others in this space and everything is that you know we want to deliver. Our focus on launching this now and not a year ago. Um, was because we wanted to build out the OTM premium platform and deliver substantial value into a place that we all felt confident in, like, hey, what we're delivering is a very high quality, high value, the best analytics tools in the Dapper Labs games. 
Uh, and, that, and that's where we feel it is right now. And that's why we're delivering that utility. The Rumble utility, same thing. Right when it goes live, you know, hey, we're going to, a couple weeks later, have that tournament, deliver that utility. There's going to be far more things in the future too, but we are not a team that wants to, you know, hey, send out promises um, of what it will and won't be. When we're ready, we'll get, we'll do it. Yeah, well, well, well said. I think a uh, couple other questions here. I want to make sure we get to when will we get to see the breakdown of the prizes. Uh, so yeah, quickly just to recap, a extra point contest for anybody that mints uh, any jolly number of jolly jokers of so extra point contest be a thirty thousand dollar multi entry contest via Rumble. So uh, however many jolly jokers you mint is however many lineups you'll get into that contest. Second contest is the field goal for these people for those people that mint three jolly jokers. There will be a $50,000 prize pool into that contest. Um, and then the touchdown is for anybody that mints six Jolly Jokers will be a $20,000 contest. Oh, the field goal and the touchdown will both be single entry contests. Those contests will be cumulative. We'll be adding up uh, the scores over the course of the remainder of the season through week 18. And then basically we'll have a running tally week by week. Um, and then yes, when do we see the breakdown of the prizes? We will break the prizes, the prize pools down before the contests start, uh, but, but not before mint. So continuing to take a look at how our hypothesis ends up uh, aligning to the actual mint. And then from there um, we'll come out with the, the actual prize pools uh, and the breakdown of those individual prizes prior to the contest starting. Um, I saw one other question. Oh yeah. DJ local legend, DJ local, any basketball takes for the season? Uh, thankful for this question because we're going to be having a, uh, basketball competition, if you will, for the duration of the season as well that we're working on. One of the first things that will roll out uh, post Jolly Joker's Mint. So if you're uh, if you've been looking, if you've been hanging out in the team hold shows Discord, I know they did, they were looking at some over under stuff. So have a have a little over under competition season long for NBA. So if you got hot takes or cold takes or all the takes uh, for basketball, you have a chance to put that knowledge to good use for a nice uh, competition on the NBA side of things. It's so one question we get a lot is, you know, just given how involved our platform is on, on top shot is, you know, when rumble for top shot, definitely something we talk about, but nothing that we have solidified uh, at the current time, uh, tons of different things that we can do, even though we don't have a platform there, we can, you know, we've run a lot of different kinds of competitions. Uh, we'll continue to drive competition and gamification. And it's something that's at the heart of the Jolly Jokers and going to continue to be that way as we march forward. Excited to get basketball started this this week yeah it's going it's going to be a big week not only do we have jolly jokers mint we've got top shot s4 roadmap some some info about that is coming out tomorrow so it's going to be we're going to be starting things off on fire tomorrow it's gonna to be a fun day and week getting into literally the best time of the the calendar from a sports standpoint nhl is going i don't know if anybody's a big college football fan i'm a big college football game Football fan, huge weekend this past weekend. Going to continue to be fun the rest of the way. NBA is going. So, yeah, all the things are rolling. Football is in the midst of it. Going to be fun the rest of the, the rest the rest of the year through February for sure. What uh, I didn't see that the AP poll, came, AP poll came out. Where did uh, Penn State fall to? 16. I thought it was pretty generous, quite frankly. That is generous. 16. We uh, Unfortunately for TJ and I, we, we got our – 
butts kicked. Good old fashioned butt kicking. I'm going to line up and run the ball down your throat until you can stop it. And, and ultimately Penn state could not stop it for four straight quarters. I think they, they racked up around 400 yards of rushing on us. So a lot to work on still a young team and uh, we'll see what happens. I think that's three spots behind Wake Forest. Ooh. Wake. I mean, I, college football is so fun, but like there are so many, like I never think about Wake Forest, but like, yeah, I mean, Wake Forest is a good football team. It's just like there's a lot of quote unquote not premier teams at the top that are still good football teams. And, you know, we don't see those matchups all the time. So um, yeah. it's, it's I mean, fun. We are, we're five and one, and only loss was the double, triple OT, whatever it was, the Clemson. Clemson, yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Clemson's Clemson. clicking now, too, man. I mean, they, they look good. Uh, shout out. I mean, it would be remiss to talk about college football and not say that Tennessee knocked off Bama. So Bama's going to have to run the table to uh, make the playoff. If they don't run the table, I believe this will be the first playoff that Bama is not in uh, since the playoff became a thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, college football is kicking and it's going to be quite interesting the rest of the way. Shout out Rocky Top, man. That was a scene, one uh, one that that's, that town won't, won't forget for a long time. Awesome. Well, we covered a lot. Went about an hour. Any final things that we wanted to make sure that the people know? All good on my end. Yeah. See you all on Discord tomorrow. It's going to be a fun week. Um, We, uh, we, we, yeah, we've got a couple, couple sneaky things planned, some fun things planned for tomorrow as well. Once the mint goes live and all. Uh, fingers crossed everything runs smooth and then uh, it's going to be fun to get these jolly jokers out in the wild absolutely excited for all the things JJSS coming to life starting tomorrow 1pm we will see all of you guys in the discord you know where to find us and we'll be back next Sunday night with another hour or so of takes, talks and so much other stuff so appreciate you guys all being here appreciate everyone tuning in Catch you in the Discord and have a great week and we'll talk to you guys next week. Coop, play the outro. Play the outro. Gosh.